Shall we begin? Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's What's the the Ladies and gentlemen, it's time again for Shock Therapy Live on the Vent Lab Podcast. Jay West is in the studio, Rebecca's in the studio, and oh, thank goodness, I'm in the studio as well. How are you guys? I'm so excited. It feels good. It feels so good to have you running the controls. Like if something goes wrong, <laughs> this one's on you and not on me. I take full responsibility. I love it. I'm still traumatized over what happened on our live stream last Friday. It was perfect. It was perfectly it was awful. A perfect storm. It was wonderful. Flawless. Entertainment. Is what it was. It was I can't tell you the last time my armpits sweated that much. I could smell you from my house. <laughs> it, it was, was bad. So bad. I felt so bad for you. In case you missed our live stream, we had Jonathan Weir as our special guest. And though we've been doing live stream in separate locations, we brought a third person on and um, had to use a different source than we had been using. And we had this ridiculous echo. That I was left by myself to figure out, and I'm not great with technology, I'm okay with technology, I'm not great with technology, and it was like 15 minutes of Nathan and Jonathan trying to talk me through fixing it, and I was not successful. I want to I wanna find... You didn't delete the, the VOD of it, did you? No, wait a minute. Um, I deleted it? the first mess you up. You did not. But I kept the second mess up. Rebecca. I'm sorry. It was so painful. No, that was wonderful. It was painful. Well, I think we... Uh, I want to... I wanna... Why would you do that? The second one had echo too. So Did it? yeah. All right. Hold on. I got to find this. Oh my gosh. And Jonathan was like pouring his heart out. Like this was the first of our series where it's like tell us your story and he was going to tell us the story of something that happened to him that was like traumatic as a child and he's in the midst of telling us the story and all these people are texting me telling me that there's this horrible echo. Jay West comes rushing into the room. He's like there's something wrong. And then you had to interrupt Jonathan to say, hey, <laughs> we've got a problem. Yeah, let's see. Okay, hold on. Here we go. Oh! You got that? It's been a while. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, oh, mm-hmm. that's, oh, wait a minute. Oh, I think the solution is to get rid of me. one of you, not me. Oh, and he is barely on, on the live what stream. The, what the... <laughs> Okay, um, okay, Rebecca, go back to OBS. I'm wondering if whenever you I'm wondering change, if whenever scenes, you change the scenes, to reset, if it reset the settings. Oh my gosh, it's so bad. And the video is of me like throwing my hands up in the air constantly, like I don't know what to do. Yeah, anything that could have gone wrong went wrong, and it was glorious. It was lovely. It, it really was. It was great. Are you okay? <laughs> in the room did he fart <laughs> no his anal glands oh are... no no <laughs> his anal glands oozed again and Wait, it is no no <laughs> no no oh i smell it i smell it it's like aged metal or <laughs> it's... decaying oh, something no, it smells like tuna <laughs> Why? Very metallic tuna. Why is he here? I think he was just really excited about the podcast, actually. Like, <laughs> us being in the- <laughs> Why is he here? <laughs> because if I kicked him out of the room, he would definitely make known that he was here. Well, at least we oh. wouldn't be able to smell him. What the <laughs> heck? Can you take that candle and, like, put it I can't, outside of I his can't anus? <laughs> a candle on my dog. You don't have to pour it on him. Just make well, sure that's that what anything it would take. that's coming out has to filter It's okay. He's trying to eat it off his butt right <laughs> now. Don't <laughs> stop him. He needs to get it cleaned off. Onyx! 
our first shock, pa- shock therapy back together is going. Gosh. This is what I get for coming back. <laughs> this is awful. This is the worst. I feel like I need it's to the open worst. the door. Please do. <laughs> Maybe open the window. Maybe turn on a fan. No, ah, uh, don't. <laughs> and to top things off, I just went to take a drink of my tea, and there's a gnat the, in it. Oh, are you serious? I'll, no, I'll pick it out. I'll pick there's it a gnat in your tea. Whatever your whatever, citrus lavender. Whatever this gnat has on its body cannot be as gross as the air that I'm currently oh breathing. My goodness, Elvis. Element of surprise. <laughs> so shocked there. We've got a lot of questions we need Man. to answer. Are you today. shocked? Because I am. Yeah. I'm going to need Ooh. therapy after this. Okay, his groomer was closed because of the pandemic, so he hasn't has had his <laughs> anal glands extracted for a while. Rebecca, I've known it's so many dogs fault. in my life, and none of them have had this problem. <laughs> He has very sensitive anal glands. He just gets really <laughs> nervous sometimes. What are you nervous about? You're not even on the mic. Maybe it's that gluten-free, grain-free <laughs> feed that we give him, whatever it is. Yeah, you, whatever Matt this has is, you guys have anal glands. harvested it. You have planted... No, he was harvesting it like, oh. when he was chewing it off his butt a minute ago. Stop. Please stop. I have to say, none of our neighbor's now dogs... he's licking it off the carpet from where Can he was sitting. Can you not? Can you please <laughs> shut just, your mouth? This is tornadic storm in here. What just happened? Can, can we open that window? Is there, is there anything going on outside? Are there airplanes or something? Is it going to be a disruption? I think you could, you could open some, that window. There's some dogs. Yeah, but I don't... Oh, I, no. We may dogs. have overcommitted ourselves to this. <laughs> We need air. We need ventilation. Oh, oh tonight gosh. would have been it's a like... perfect time to like live stream this. Yeah, no kidding. We would have had... So for anybody, <laughs> for anybody who hasn't listened to Shock Therapy, this is uh, us answering the questions we receive throughout the month, and we do it every month. Um, it's the first Tuesday, Wednesday. It's the first yeah. episode. First, for, yeah, first Tuesday of the month. Yeah, yep. first episode of Vent Lab every single month. It's that time of month again. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Smells like it. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so you can text us into our text line, 816-787-1511, and uh, ask us any questions that pop into your head while you're listening or just throughout the month. Yep. And then uh, we'll answer them in a cool. very, hopefully, theological way. Oh. That's why Jay West is here. He's a pastor, and he's well, got a master's up, in guys? Bible. It's good Masters to see you. in Bible. I was trying to be so quiet and calm through all of this chaos, and I was like, Oh man, it's just too strong. So now yeah, I'm talking luck. through it. It's a losing it's battle. It's been a month, and I'll, everyone hears me going. Uh, 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 uh. Shock therapy does not <laughs> typically start like this. No, not no. typically. Though typically there isn't a dog. I'll get used to it. Yep. It's just been a Wherever while. Wherever I go, he goes, my buddy. <laughs> okay. My buddy. Yeah, Did you highlight that you sing to him every night? And Gracie, our daughters, now. Should we just get on to, with the questions? I'm just saying. You like, sing you to your sing. Dog? Let's just get on with the questions, guys. <laughs> Did she ever give she your children this much love? Mm-hmm. Of course. No. Oh, okay. All more. Right. I, I can say it would be more, but that's right. pretty close. The kids. Yeah. Well, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> okay. Sure. Good cover. Good cover, JBS. So the questions, man. <laughs> Should we just we can just dive in? Just dive in. Ten minutes later, like Elvis just did on his yeah. butt. Stop, <laughs> Rebecca. I'm gonna kick you off the show. It's gonna be adults only. Just me and Jay Wes. I wouldn't mind leaving this room for a little bit. <laughs> Take the dog with you if you go. Take Elvis right out. Don't look at me like that. You know what you've done. You can smell better than any of us. Yeah, think about he just that. like stopped breathing he for did. a second. Like, oh, he you're right. You. Wait a minute. This doesn't smell this bad for you guys. <laughs> you played yourself, dog. Also joining us, Yoda. Yeah. Don't stop. So we have some really cool neighbors. So they have a big dog, and then across from their yard, there's another big dog, and we call him Marmaduke because he literally looks like Marmaduke. And every morning he runs out, and he starts. 
He starts the party early. He starts barking, and which sets off Elvis, and Elvis runs down, and then the neighbor dog goes, and then they have these two other small little dogs, and so we always yell at Elvis, go see the puppies! And like we're just <laughs> randomly like just yelling this, go see the puppies! <laughs> He's barking. Do you say it in like, an accent for, like that? I say it in an accent like that, and our neighbors are so cool about it. Like, I have they no come out, Hey, Elvis, there's Elvis! You know, they're... <laughs> It's been awesome. Cool. So, what's our first question? Do you guys ever go to the park with like? Well, here's what I was gonna lead into. Here's what. Okay. This is your dog. This is your fault. I was gonna lead into this. I will talk about my dog the entire time. I just feel as though maybe the people have come to listen to the questions be answered. My lead in with that is watching. Yes, I also go to parks with other dogs. (laughs) Then she goes on. Okay. How's that tea? (laughs) Nathan, you know you missed me. Is this your poop tea? No, it's too early for that. If I drink that poop tea before 11.30, I will have to get up early to go poop. Isn't that what you want? No, I want to go poop when I wake up. Okay, imagine this, though. Imagine this. Imagine this. (laughs) It is quite nice whenever you have to get out of bed to go pee and then crawl back into bed. Imagine getting up. This is not the... Taking a big old just... And then getting back in bed... 10 ounces lighter this is <laughs> this is like stomach cramping type of an experience that takes a while it's not a pleasant thing to be woken up by it takes a while mm-hmm. like there's a lot there's several there's several rounds all right you know we could talk about kind this after the podcast because i have some other i have some follow-up <laughs> questions but uh, this is not bathroom break. So here's this the first therapy. one. This yes, actually is a great lead in oh because gosh, we're talking about just cut that entire dropping, dropping some pounds. Oh, here we go. This is a big one. There's actually a, this, this texture texted in. <laughs> I just chose to avoid that. <laughs> did, uh, did Rebecca text this one in? I'm thinking there's a selfish request here, but the question is from this listener <laughs> he is, didn't deny it. He didn't how deny do I it. drop some pounds? Before I have to go back to work in two weeks? This is 100% Holy your question. Smokes. I don't know. I mean, it's pretty convincing. But um, think about the pandemic and the new standards. Two weeks is kind of a big window. That for a I lot feel of like I've already had this question answered. Okay. And I got some advice from my daughter, Grace, about this. Our because 15-year-old. This is a dilemma I've been facing. I've been talking about it on Vent Lab for a while now. Mm-hmm. Ringworms. When do Take I worms. need to go Take back worms. to work and I need enough notice to be able to drop enough pounds to wear jeans yeah. to work? <laughs> to be able to zip them and button them and sit comfortably. Yep. Mm-hmm. This is a real issue for a lot of Americans right now. Hmm. A lot of us have put on a few pounds during the quarantine. And now that the, the stay-at-home orders are being lifted and we need to go back, we need to just drop a few pounds pretty quickly. Or we need to lower our standards. What does that or mean? Or get bigger pants. Though there's a lot of... Clo- <laughs> Large a lot is of, the new medium. There's a lot of stores that aren't open right now. Okay. Anyway, so I got some advice from Grace on how to drop some pounds. One, drink the poop tea. It's called Smooth Move. Mm-hmm. Drink it every night. Every morning. With peppermint. I drink she it said, every night before I yeah. go to bed. It marinates throughout the night. Marinates. So when I wake up, simmer. the poop tea is in full effect. And I have like... Sorry, Elvis just ripped the carpet. Um, <laughs> Elvis, stop. Then I have like, you know, that morning flat stomach because, you know, you're completely pooped out. I drink a lot of water during the day and I only allow myself one meal... With, like, bread carbs. Like, an unhealthy meal that may cause some bloating. So, I've been eating a lot of greens, Mm -hmm, a lot of mm -hmm, raw foods, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yes. And one meal where I can have just a regular dinner. And I've been working out during the day of not not anything crazy. Just something that I can fit in with my day with, like, sit-ups and push-ups and squats and stuff. Anyway, I'm noticing a difference. It's only been like two weeks. Can I can I tell you a really big key that you're gonna hate? And I know you hate it because I've brought this up multiple times. Yeah. Running. Okay. If, Cardio. If you would like to run, that's a great thing. But we're talking about what's the easiest way you could drop enough pounds to zip your jeans to go back to work. <laughs> I know. We, we're looking for practical <laughs> solutions here, Nathan. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh my Water and X lax until you return to work. Okay. No, what is wrong with you? <laughs> you 
you just quoted Drew Barrymore, Never Been Kissed. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, I what did. a class. That's a great Water next Lex till prom. Basically. I wasn't born yet, I don't Do think. Do you like Joseph's dad like invented that stuff? <laughs> I'm pretty sure you were born by then. I think it was in the 2000s. It was, it was really no, 2000s. That was, I was born in 2010. So. They live on a beach in the south of friends. This is one of the other... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway cardio so rebecca's cardio is going well thumbs up thumbs down. i wouldn't call it cardio okay. because then i would have to raise my heart rate for a longer period of time yeah. these are these are short bursts of exercises that i'm doing right now but mostly eating raw foods drinking poop tea drinking mm-hmm. a lot of water saying no to snickers ice cream bars Ooh. that i definitely offer. and he saying no jay was has been cheese. like satan over here whoa, just whoa 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 the back, pastor back pushing up. ice oh cream my. in my face hey. and candy okay. and <laughs> bottle cap specifically everything unhealthy <laughs> like he'll offer Would you like it some like more? 10 times <laughs> during a movie well we're watching a movie and then oh, as a family Rebecca, and then i'll look yeah. at grace like to give me permission and yeah, she's she like does. and she's like no no tractor beam sucked you right in do you, uh, <laughs> she's like no I, mama i do exactly what grace tells me to popcorn is good fun. though yes as long as it doesn't have butter or anything on it yeah but i mean it doesn't even need butter plain popcorn grows on you like diet pop and stuff i do like plain popcorn yeah diet. i listen what everybody mm. thinks diet pop is gross and it is but it's it grows on you true that's all I'm saying. I'm so saying it that... It grows on you like a cancerous tumor. Ouch. Gross. What is wrong with you? Don't use a microwave either. Aspartame. Mm-hmm. Uh, microwaves are fine. Nope. You know what? Today, I microwaved my lunch at work, Gross. and I, whenever I pulled it out, <laughs> the container it was in was like melted and like <laughs> flopped over. Nathan, I have talked to you about this. I just don't It care. wasn't styrofoam, was it? No, it was plastic, plastic. Dude, okay. that's dangerous. Yeah. Well, you have if broken die, down into minerals the plastic into your food. Well, actually, the, the plastic <laughs> particles that you're breaking down are turning into estrogen, so you're slowly turning into a woman. Yeah. That explains my high-pitched voice. And that's... also might make you more emotional if you're... True. That true. also explains something. Taking <laughs> too much estrogen. Wow. Yeah. Man. That's okay. How, how many meals do I have to microwave on styrofoam before i have moves one that's it <laughs> i got gypped i think i'm broken i don't know <laughs> what were we talking about dropping losing a losing weight drop in pounds within the next weeks get, yep. right nathan what are you doing for your cardio huh absolutely nothing i don't nothing. think nathan I don't needs need to lose weight, weight. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say he has to lose weight what's he doing for his cardio Absolutely Are you running? Nothing. No. You did talk about this a few months ago, trying to just set a routine, set a plan. Yeah. Now with your new work schedule, didn't know if that's possible. It's it's possible um, because my work schedule is actually something that I have very much control over. Here's my main dilemma, and this is going to sound like a major excuse, and it okay. is. Okay. But I now live on a dirt road. I live on a, a gravel road. Dirt would be fine, but it's a gravel road. And if you've ever ran on a gravel road. It destroys your knees and your ankles. Mm -hmm. And so I went from running on only pavement for so long to now running or trying to run on gravel that it's like, "Ah, I can't do this. So I'd have to drive half a mile before I hit pavement, before I can run. But then it's like, where do I park my car? There's no like parking lots or anything like that. And it's just awkward to like drive into a street, then park, and then get out and start <laughs> running. And I could drive. What's this man doing? Yeah, like what the heck? Go get him. He just drives so he could start here instead of over there. What's wrong with you? And I could drive to the uh, track, but I hate driving or running on tracks. Oh. Don't you have a trampoline? Yeah, but that's the the circumference of that's real small. I'd have to run around that thing. Well, you don't so have to run. Times. You do a lot of jumping. That'll get your heart rate up. It'll get my heart rate up. You could also shovel manure. I did that a lot. We, me and my dad cleaned the barn the other day. Ooh, we rented a go. dingo and yeah. used that. It was very I, handy. Isn't, the, isn't a dingo an animal in Australia? Um, Africa. I No, you're right. Uh, Australia. Um, anyway, yes, but it's also a piece of machinery. It's like a, uh, It's like a bulldozer, but you walk behind it. 
Those are awesome. They're pretty dang. Did you get to run it, or did you have your dad? Uh, no, I ran it. I ran it a little bit. Okay, just a little bit. Yeah, I, I <laughs> let his dad him. let him. Yeah. I, no, here's the thing. I let him. He asked. He <laughs> would have let this. me. I see this. Yeah. Hey, you want to run it? No, Dad. Listen, I know you've been waiting for this moment for a long time. Bingo. You go right ahead, Bingo. and I'll be on the other side of it and getting all the excess that he missed. Oh. It was our first time. And. Success? It was, a, it was a success. Take pictures? No. Posted on the Vent Lab? Definitely not. And I don't think anybody would care. We need evidence of your hard work, Nathan, is what I'm getting at. You say you're doing cardio, walk in the machine, the dingo, and then where's the Here's evidence? Here's evidence. He can still okay. button his pants. <laughs> yeah. You notice I'm wearing jeans right now? We're envious. For your information, I wore jeans all the way up until an hour before you got here. Okay. I made it that far, and sure. then I was like, you know what? He's I'm running. tired of holding my He's breath. running I'm late. Change my pants. <laughs> this hurts because I had a Taco Bell buffet for dinner. We did. Cinco de Mayo. Okay, hold on. This whole uh-huh. time you've been talking about how you can lose weight, uh-huh. and you had a Taco Bell buffet. It was a taco bar. That's easy. It's Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. That yeah. doesn't Meatless. matter. Meatless. And I told that doesn't matter. And it's I told you I get to eat whatever I want for dinner yeah. all day long. It has to be raw foods. Also, I think this might benefit me because my stomach is cramping like crazy right now <laughs> from oh. that Taco Bell. Wow. I don't God. think it's going to stay in there very long. You are an open book. Oh uh, my goodness. <laughs> I think. I think whenever what it comes down to is dieting and exercise to lose weight, and we all knew that. Let's be honest. We all need yes, that. but if you need a fast track tip, it's water and X Lax. Okay, sure. so here's here's a confession. Ooh, so being in, oh, what are those hot things? The hot room that you stand in, saunas. Yes, the that's sauna. a good one. <laughs> you get oh, except for I need a sauna. So I know somebody. And gyms who, are closed. I know somebody oh, who owns a sauna. No kidding. They have their own in their backyard. Who? Uh, Cody Shores. He was the uh, young adult I pastor he's in be Springfield. So nice. excited about all of us driving to Springfield. To road trip, his sauna. Road trip. It's only three hours. I used to make like it every weekend. Like I said, weekend. Nathan, logical. We need logical solutions here. We never said the vent lab was full. Running in saunas? Okay. No. Ooh, running in a sauna. What if the whole <laughs> oh track gosh. was a sauna? That'd be What's sick, our next dude? question? Holy smokes! That'd be dope. It'd be really hard to maintain. Anyway, what's the, what's the next question? I'm sorry. Yeah, there's so many good things happening. Oh, this one. Okay, this is not a, this is not a downer. This is a, an awareness of stress. This this listener texted in 816-787-1511 and said, "Hey, I'm already stressed. How do I keep working at this pace when there's no end in sight?" Holy smokes. I think everyone's feeling that way. Everyone except for the people who are out of a job right now. Maybe, but it's a different kind of stress. So here's what's weird about it. Because if you have a job, you're like, okay, I have to be really thankful that I have a job right now. But I understand what this guy's saying because my workload is way more than it was before. It seems like the workload increased differently. Not necessarily more, but it's the way it's been compounding differently. And it just seems like you can't stay in routine. I'm working more hours yeah. than I ever did before. I'm working way harder. Like, there is no downtime at yeah. all during the day. It's just yeah. hit the ground running. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to hear what you have to say about this. What do you mean? I don't have a solution. You don't have a solution? I feel like I'm in the same situation. I'm totally relating with this person. I think I'm relating to the fact that you're definitely not alone because there's no easy answer with this. I mean, the fact that... The stress, the everyday stress is a part of already the changes and then just working at this pace with no end in sight. Um, yeah, I don't think there's an easy answer or solution other than one, you got to give yourself grace to step back and just take a breath. So that means letting your mind be okay with it's knowing that you're not lazy, you're not being lackadaisical. Take the moments to reset so you can come back stronger in your work, your work related, related commitments. For me, when I find myself at my desk and again, being a people person where I typically get energy from being around people, when I have to stay contained at my desk and I'm thinking through whether it's calendar related items to, uh, planning or communicating through an email, there is just like so much brain, <laughs> you know, consumption of information that I feel overwhelmed. And I have to remind myself, 
just take a walk for a moment. Like, no, I can't take a walk because then I'm not getting my work done and then I'm going to get behind. Really? Because if you can take a walk and take a breath, it's going to give you more momentum. And I think that's helped me in some of this quarantine time of the stress. People are like, you get stressed? Uh, yep, I sure do. <laughs> and it comes out in different ways and the way it manifests. But the point is, is that doing something about give yourself some grace, take some breathability, and then come back to it. And I think that's going to help. It's just going to take time. You just, it's not like an overnight solution. That reminds me of a story that oh. I was told one time. I'm serious this time. I don't believe it. About <laughs> about the the woodcutter guy. What are those lumberjacks? Mm-hmm. You Brownie. know, spends all day and he's he's chopping down trees with his axe and he doesn't take time to sharpen his axe and so it takes him twice as long to cut down the trees because he doesn't have a sharp axe. That's a good example. Mm-hmm. So you have to take the time to sharpen your axe so you can cut down more trees. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's solid. Yeah. Yeah. So my <laughs> my boss is pretty awesome. He sent out this great email at the beginning of all of this stuff, and he said he has a feeling that this is going to be more of a marathon than a race with this whole stay-at-home order. And I love working from home. I'm actually yeah. having a really hard time with the thought of going back to the station. Like, yeah. I really like being able to work at home, even though my work is more challenging now than it was before. I face a lot more cha- challenges than I did before. Um, but he's also said, hey, I understand if you need to take a day, take a day. Just just let us know if you need that time. And though there's been several times where I feel like I do need to take a day, I feel too guilty because I feel like if I take any time away, that's putting even more pressure on my coworkers mm-hmm. that are already just as stressed as yeah. I am. So I feel like it's just this cycle. Like I just, yeah. I can't get out of. I think for me, as you bring up that example, like, so I have my, my advisory team, I have my staff, you know, that I serve with. And then I also have volunteer, you know, leaders. And it seems like I know that most of these families, most of our families have young kids. So they already have the at home, you know, connections and school and trying to figure that out. Like I feel almost guilty at times when I reach out in the morning, even though it's like a 10, 10 30, like I've just gotten to this routine of like, before I send an email, it's like the courtesy text. Hey, do you have a moment to visit this morning? I'm about to send you an email. You know, it's like this layer upon layer and I don't want to overwhelm you know, my church family or those who have questions because it's like, I know everyone's processing so much information coming at them. Um, but more than anything, I'm usually wrong in that. Most people are like, no, it's great to hear from you. Thank you for letting me know. And I always want to say, hey, don't feel like you have to respond right away. Like there's no pressure. Like just respond in a time frame. And I feel like that's been ongoing. And I feel like it's been a good response. But for me, like, I'm the one that's putting my own burden on my own shoulders when everyone else has been, like, really cool about being reached out to, reciprocating a response, and, uh, you know, just learning more about their day and their world, what's going on, and it's always, you know, a really positive experience, and, and I'm just like, wow, I was the problem, you know, I was the one that's like, no, they're probably not going to want to have me reach out to them right now, they're probably, yeah, they're really busy, but they still want to hear from us, and I think that's something that's helpful. I think it's really cool that you're admitting that you're the problem. Yeah. I think that's just the reality of... I was totally just kidding. What are you talking about? No, I think people... I think, no, I think it's a real question. Like, do you ever feel like you're... The, yeah, I've fallen. I make mistakes. I think you were just using that as an opportunity to highlight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, I'm doing awesome. Oh, my gosh. Wait, me? She, yeah, she wants I me to say that like she's right. I feel like I'm doing awesome. Doing I was awesome? just totally oh. playing about... Oh saying that you're the problem. It just seemed like a good opportunity to say that. <laughs> See, there it is. <laughs> it's so awesome. I think if I were to give myself advice, I'd say to have grace on myself and yeah. not to feel the pressure to perform at a high level. Like if, if you have to let some things go, sometimes it's yeah. okay to do that. Mm-hmm. But that's a lot easier said than done because at the end of the day, you know, I put my name on my work mm-hmm. and if I don't feel like I've given it my best, I've, feel like I've failed for the day yeah yeah it's it's strange because there's nights like just going to sleep and just kind of all of a sudden brain starts cycling through the day and then it's like recognizing all the things I missed or people I 
oh my gosh, I have to reach out to them. And then it's like that weight, you feel it in your head and your throat and you're like, oh man, I hope they don't think or read into it. And typically it's like the next day happens and you reach out and they're like, no, I'm good. Thanks for responding. You know, it's like, oh man, I put more of a burden on myself than they actually did. Like they were totally fine. That's a stressful situation. Oh. No, Elvis! <laughs> yeah, I know everyone had to hear that. He's like clawing at the door. He walked out and I took the opportunity and shut the door and now he is pounding <laughs> on the door. Hate it. Maybe if we just sit quietly for a few minutes, he'll think we're not here. A moment of silence, please. Just record the rest that of the podcast like this. Wow. You want to do an Dude. ASMR podcast? <laughs> no, this sucks. That's not. That was good to you guys. All right. Yeah, I have no input on that. Cool. Next question. I think because of just everyone ha- having a sense of I've gained weight, I'm yeah, overstressed. Let's just rehash it again. So they're like, <laughs> where? when is church opening back up? Okay, you this are transitioning. Ongoing, this is an ongoing <laughs> question. Faith in him. And I think it's something... Um, on everyone's mind, not just with churches, but just with community centers and things within our own close to home, you know, places of <laughs> connecting. <laughs> You're so funny. Well, the dogs um, are breaking outside now. I just watched the look on your face. Okay. But um, there's no easy answer other than just one, following the standards of your county and your community and just making sure because you may say, well, so and so churches, they're going to, you know, they're going to open up at this day and then this church is opening later on. You know what? We are just trying to figure it out. And there's no, right now, there's no immediate answer. I think there's a projected date, but I think it's something that, you know, for your church family, definitely keep in touch with your church family leaders. And um, for our, you know, for us, it's as a leadership team, just having an ongoing dialogue because we certainly want to honor what we're being asked to do, but also to be proactive because we miss being together as the body of Christ. But we've been able to be creative with technology and find ways of doing that. And because of that proactive response doing that, it is highlighting our excitement about getting back together on campus. But what we've already been implementing and what we've been going with has helped. Like the response has been beyond what I thought it would be because we had to adapt so quickly. But there's just been a great outpouring of just generosity and people just being excited about ministry but there's also from that the flip side that there's just some things that are lacking because it's out of routine. It's not, it's not the norm. But there's no easy answer right now other than we can have some projected dates, um, and then just kind of go from there. And it's not intentional like we're trying to limit you know people from being together. No, we just want to make sure that we're taking necessary steps of ensuring the safety of everyone. So here's the deal: we're we're in a pandemic which yeah. none of us have ever been in before. And so learning to navigate these things in a time period that has never been through something like this. I mean, we can look at the Spanish flu and how all Mm -hmm. of that went down. And and churches were closed during that time. But because of um, our frequent travel and things like that, there's a lot more issues that we have to deal with now. And we have, you know, larger gathering spaces than we had before. There's just a lot to navigate. And, you know, as a pastor... JWS doesn't have all of the answers, and so we have to look to the health experts for those answers of what we should do. And so even yep. though we're anxious to all be back together, um, what do we want our headlines to read? Mm-hmm. Do we want it to read that we opened before everybody else and this many people got sick or that mm-hmm. we lost somebody because we took that chance? Or do we want it to read that we were able to reach this many more people than we were ever able to reach before because we were innovative and creative and we listened to what our medical professionals were telling us and uh, we were able to to be creative to reach people in different ways yep nathan have you been experiencing that at your church family and um online community and yeah i imagine distance I, i know from personal experience i'm pretty excited to to be back in church which, uh, I, I like, admittedly, I'm one of those that's kind of slacksadaisical. Every <laughs> once in a while, I'm like, oh, I don't really want to get out of bed. I just want to watch the live stream. You know, whenever we could go to church. Yeah. Um, 
but man, like I think through this quarantine, it's helped me realize the importance of, of getting together as a body and the yeah. fellowship that you get from one another. Just, just even, even once a week, you know, yeah. it, it makes a huge difference for the rest of the week. And so to be able to get back into that normal get together and being able to actually go to church, I'm, I'm excited for it. Yeah. That, that makes me want to ask another question there, but what about us ultra introverts who really, really enjoy the whole online church experience and not going to a church building on Sunday morning? Not saying I'm one of those, but I mean, anybody who might be thinking that (laughs) when it comes time for those doors to open, is it okay for people to remain watching online or is it important that they come be a part of the actual church gathering service. I love that we have the ability to do both. So you just take your pick and be at peace with it. Um, I think there's opportunity for the church to be hands and feet, whether you're on site or off site. So I think it just allows us to be more creative and a little more proactive. It's challenging if we're not following through on that. If someone's like, you know what, I'm thriving and I'm receiving, you know, um, the gift of getting to be home and worship from home, and it's a filler for you, awesome. We just need to be more effective in how we can reach you so that when you do re-enter campus or let's say there's a small group or a life group or whatever it might be, that it's not this shell shock experience of, oh my gosh, people are talking to me about, you know, deep, you know, conversations or theological discussion, but it's something you can just feel like it's a natural fit. So again, it just, I think it just puts it back on the church to be a little more creative in how we do that in a proactive way, because knowing that not everyone's wired the same, we can't just say, no, it's, it, it's this way. And that's, that's it about how we do this. And your personnel needs to match this person's, no, it, that's not the case. So I think it's been really beneficial just the most recently, just because I think it is going to become more of an outlet for those who would say, maybe once a month I'll be on campus and not every Sunday. Okay. But if you're participating online, then I'm going to look at that as a way to say you're still participating with us and we're still together in this. But isn't there something to be said about actually gathering with people in fellowship? You mean the verse that talks about don't forsake the assembling of yourselves? That, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a meaningful verse about don't, yeah, don't buy into this isolated, you know, state where I'm just going to do my own thing because that that's what it can become. It's a danger zone. But on the flip side of that, for someone like me, let's say extrovert, that, that I'm feeding off always being around people. So I'm always looking for the church doors to be open. Well, that could easily be my vice. You know what I mean? It, it can just flip for that person's personality because that's how they would see themselves thriving. But it's like once they leave campus, it could be a completely messy situation. So it's just got to be delicate and we have to just be proactive in both, both camps, if you will. I personally, I'm inclined more towards the uh, towards the physical gathering aspect of it, but to an extent, like you said, like if if somebody is like, "Wow, it's really draining for me," and I get more from watching it online, yep. that's fine. But I stand by there needs to be some sort of physical fellowship with other mm-hmm. Christians because. You need to have a shoulder to lean on sometimes. Yep. And like the purpose of Vent Lab is uh, the idea behind it. The premise is that Rebecca and I became vent buddies in college where we would just whatever was going on that day or that week or whatever in that point of life, we could just vent to each other. And that provides a lot of relief from that situation. And you can get a lot of insight from another person's perspective um, and help. Um, and to have that from a Christian, another believer is in my eyes invaluable and you'll only get that if you're interacting with others Mm -hmm. and where else are you going to interact with them? I mean, if you want to go to a small group or something like that, great, that's fine. But I, I personally, I believe that there needs to be some sort of, um, physical gathering, in some aspect. And like I said, it doesn't have to be every single week at yeah. the same time on the dot. You know, it can be yeah. every other or, you know, twice a, twice a month or once a month, whatever whatever works for your schedule. But it's easy to fall away from the church if all you have to do is not click the link. Mm-hmm. 
as opposed to like if you're going to church, people are going to notice whenever you're not there. Yeah. And then they start asking each other and hopefully somebody reaches out to you and it's a little bit harder to escape. Yeah. It's my my personal. That's a really great angle on that. I mean, it really is. It just it helps create the ongoing need that we all need and that is discipleship. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Discipleship. You know, we we need that connection to someone who loves us even in the tough moments and can love us through even the high moments of just great breakthrough or successes, whatever that might be. Um, Discipleship is the key component of a healthy church. Um, You know, we can host events and programs and all these great things and be like, man, look at this outreach mode in our community. That's fantastic. But if we're not helping connect people to the Lord and to the body and seeing them grow, where they're able to say, oh my gosh, you know, a year ago I was living this way and in this rut, and now a year later because I made the commitment to be discipled by someone who loved and cared for me, walked with me through the ups and downs, and to see that kind of growth, oh man, that's life-changing because then that becomes your story and then impacts another person who was where you were at a year ago. And that brings them up to speed. It's just, it's so cool. Um, that's being the church in God's program. So, yeah. you know, it's tackling big, big issues like, you know, the whole, you know, staying at home, when's church opening? And even to the fact that right now, I think a huge awareness in our culture, this is actually something that was texted in, is looking at this pandemic in, in light of, is this judgment? Uh, is this caused by man? Is this, is this God's judgment on the world? This uh, texture texted and said, is this, is this pandemic God's condemnation on the world? I think that's a really open, honest question. And I think social media, Facebook, whatever, in the news, there's just been a lot of attention and a lot of different angles presented. And I really appreciate this question coming in because uh, the conversation is putting it back on either is it man or is it God? Um, what have you guys seen on social media that has addressed this? Well, I think there was a preacher that talked about this, that this is God's condemnation on the world. And you and I had a discussion about this the other day because, you know, we have to ask the question, you know, is this God's condemnation on the world? Mm -hmm. And honestly, we can't answer that. We don't know. All we do know is that because sin entered the world, this is an imperfect world and bad things happen. And we know that viruses can get started, that this is not the first (laughs) (laughs) new virus that has popped up, but this is a unique new virus that's popped up. And I know that there's been a lot of conspiracy about, you know, where it came from and stuff. And, And there's a lot of investigations going on to find out exactly where that came from. But what's been determined so far is that it originated in a bat, which the coronavirus, if you don't know, is a virus that's been around for a long time. COVID-19 is a new strain of that. The coronavirus originally comes from bats. This bat bit something. And whatever it bit, the DNA or whatever, the the strain strain, lined up, fit like a key. And that's what created this new COVID-19 strain. Yeah. And whether that was done in a laboratory or whether that was just coincidence, that's what we have right now. And we can't say that this is God's condemnation, but we also can't say it's not. All we know is we have to handle what we have right now, no matter how it came here. Yeah, I think one of the things we talked about was since the fall of man, when Adam and Eve sinned against God and the fact that this fallen nature, we've inherited the guilt and the nature of Adam and all of the things that go along with it. So we, since then, there's always been this point the finger at whatever it is, you know, if it's God's fault or man's fault. However, you know, one of the things back in undergrad school and even grad school was looking how to approach, you know, hard-hitting subjects and subjects like these is like, you know, do your research, list the facts, draw conclusions, you know, and then from there proceed in, you know, dialogue and conversation. But, you know, I think there's a danger that certainly has got to my attention as I've watched the strings of social media and how people have been reactionary and not necessarily responding well uh, to information that's been, you know, shared 
or written or just even opinion. And because we have affinities with people that we really are close with or we really respect, or from that, they write something or communicate something that doesn't sit well with us. And now there's a fracture and we didn't go and research. We didn't draw, you know, out the, here are the truths and then draw conclusions. Um, It's been pretty damaging. So I'm going to go back for a second. When I talked about discipleship earlier, when we talked about that, that's why it's so important that we're in fellowship and community because we're constantly being, we're constantly absorbing information and we're constantly processing that. And things that we're in right now, that's a world specific, you know, crisis, this pandemic. Um, Feelings are sensitive, you know, we all have emotions that are just amped. But we typically will say then, where is God in all of this? And the reality is if we go back and we see even from the fall of man, he hasn't left us. We live in a fallen, broken world. And what's important for us to do is not draw conclusions or assumptions, but to, one, follow the leads of those who have been, you know, in those educated realms to be able to, you know, do the research. What are the facts? And then draw those conclusions. And I think those things are meant to be beneficial and not to be hurtful um, although they, they come across that way at times. I'm going to transition kind of to two other questions that we had that were about social media posts. Yeah. Um, and I feel like this is kind of the direction you're going already anyway, but there's been, I would say it's really heated right now as far as social media goes and people saying, Oh, I'm tired of seeing all the conspiracy posts or mm-hmm. I'm tired of seeing all the posts of, of all these people following what the government tells them to do b- blindly. And sure. um, I feel like people are going back and forth with each other, yeah. you know, almost against each other and hurtful towards each other right now. And one thing that I've also noticed is because we're not seeing each other in person, the only way we know what's going on with mm-hmm. other people is through social media. Yeah. And so that whatever you're posting on your social media is the perspective or yeah. the thoughts of what people have about who you are and and what you're representing right now. I know people on both sides. Mm-hmm. And I also know that those people on both sides are all wonderful people. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. their their heart is in the right place no matter what side that they're on that they're doing what they're doing because they love people and they want to do the right thing. Yeah. You know, they're patriotic and they want to stand for something. And I think that's good, but I think that we can do this in a different way. And I think we need to be cautious about what we're posting. Yeah. If you don't know a lot about social media and Facebook, you need to be really cautious about just sharing articles you know, there's huge mm-hmm. red flags. If it's an article that you've just found on Facebook, yeah. you can't take that as fact. If your friend from high school had a friend that shared something, you can't take that as fact. Yeah. If you're looking for information, you need to go to the source. And I remember going to my mom when I was in middle school mm-hmm. and saying, oh, my gosh, I heard Jenny did this. And I can't believe that. That's crazy. And she said, well, where did you hear that from? Well, Sarah told me. Well, did you go ask Jenny? No. Well, Sarah told me she did it. My mom would always say, well, go back to the source. And so with all of this stuff, it's all rumors until you go back to the source. And so who are experts right now? Um, Infectious disease doctors. That's who we need to be listening to when we're finding out information about coronavirus. Um, Yeah, the people who are investigating and um, our intelligence and things like that. That's what we need to. Those are the sources we need to be depending on right now. Nathan, any thoughts or what if they're all <laughs> lying to us, Jay Wes? <laughs> what if they're lying? <laughs> Trust no one. So back to the draw your conclusions yeah. thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think what's also been really a challenge as you shared, Rebecca, is you know, watching family members, you know, just in a in a stay-at-home order state, and then, yeah, the constant, you know, just getting totally enamored in just so much information, and then just feeling a sense of where some feel taken advantage of. That's what they're feeling, even though that may not be the truth, but they're feeling that way because of just things happening around them through maybe loss of job, loss of income, um, you know, cut in pay, or whatever it might be. You just feel a sense of being taken advantage of, 
in this in this pandemic. And those are we all, all feel very vulnerable right that, now. That and that's because yeah, it just a sense of vulnerability and causes you to question a lot of things. And even to the point where someone may be questioning, you know, how is God working in my life through this? And uh, we know that Scripture teaches us in those daily battles and daily struggles that when we submit those things to the Lord, He He strengthens us through the struggle. You know, on our own, we're not going to get strong. We're going to continue to crumble in that. But through His strength and His promises, that gives you and I hope for each day, you know, joy in those moments and even into tomorrow. So I say that to say this is that for family members who are really wrestling right now, you know, just listen you know, just process and not try to get, you know, amped about it, but just to ask some clarifying questions and just ways to not be combative, but, you know, to find ways to be helpful, even if you don't even know where you land. Not that we're encouraging you to land on either camp, but you just, again, you take the information that's given and check those sources and, you know, draw those conclusions from the truths that you find out. And I think it's all really helpful just to be more equipped and better educated in that. So we're not just making pop shot comments and from a distance and that's it's so damaging it really really is and um you know one thing is being a pastor shepherd is when those things happen it's never to use the pulpit for a political position it's to proclaim the gospel of christ that brings healing and restoration and as a pastor shepherd it's then those private moments of then following up with people if becoming aware of a situation or a circumstance where there's a fractured relationship and trying to find a way to mend that you know address the issue at hand uh, not to be confrontational or to be combative, but to just to be clear and then to hopefully provide some guidance and healing from that. And I think from this experience for everyone in the world, it's just going to take some time. And so, again, it goes back to that breathability, give yourself some grace, understanding others. We all process differently. But, man, don't give up on one another. Keep at it. I think a rut Strive. that we get stuck in on social media is when you get upset with somebody or you yeah. don't like something somebody said, you passive aggressively post aggressively. an article. Yeah. Like that would combat what they're saying, but you never actually talk to that person them. or yep. have a discussion like two adults about it. You're just like, well, take this. And so you're both firing <laughs> back and forth articles yeah. <laughs> about stuff that the other person may or may not be reading. They yeah. just see it as an attack. Yeah. And, it's, and like this one listener texted, and this goes along with that, is they said, I'm really frustrated with people who are blindly doing everything the government tells them to do. And I I've seen that multiple times as these, like you said, passive-aggressive comments, like you're just blindly following and there's not any sense of engagement or what do you mean by that? Where are you getting this conclusion from? And But then on the other side, we have the same question that's, that's <laughs> um, saying, you know, why are people posting articles about yeah. uh, conspiracy theories. Yep. And so we have people on both sides, both sides that are frustrated about it and we're coming to no conclusions yeah. and we're battling each other here and that's not what we should be doing. No. I love what John Krasinski has been doing with his team of people doing oh, the he is some good news. This I mean, it, it has just been fun to watch, you know, from a ministry standpoint, but also something that's happening all over the world and the way they're just gathering different people, different walks of life, and just finding ways to celebrate goodness in the world. And you'd say, well, where does that come from? Well, as a follower of Christ, we know where the goodness comes from. That comes from the goodness of God, whether we recognize it or we don't. And that's the part of discipleship that helps educate us better to where the source comes from. You know, it's talking about, you know, we talk about eternal security. You go to the source. It's not just, well, I have a bunch of facts and a bunch of data, but you go to that source and you know that you know the Lord. And that's the, yeah, it just goes back to even everything that we're seeing right now and how to make that, that possible for other people. And when we post stuff on social media, that's passive aggressive yeah. like that. You think maybe you're just putting something out there, information for everybody to be sure. aware of, but you're hurting an individual. Mm -hmm. If it's something that's aggressive in that yeah. way, an individual is being hurt. Not yeah. this, it's not just spread thin one person takes the impact of that. Yep. And that one person may be many people taking the impact of that. And when you see that over and over and over throughout the day, mm -hmm. it wears on you. And when we're already yep. feeling exhausted and like you said, vulnerable, you know, we're feeling exposed and we don't know what to do. And it's just the stress. And these are feelings that we've never had before. And then that on top of it yeah. brings us down. But on the other side of that, 
I have seen so many people yeah. doing so many great things. <laughs> yep. And like you talked about John Krasinski. And I have an interview with a guy tomorrow that goes to KU and he's a, has an engineering degree and he's taking his time at home to make stuff for doctors like those ear things so that their masks don't hurt their ears. That, like yep. he could be doing so many other things right yep. now, but he's taking his time and his knowledge to help people. And I've seen like people who got their stimulus check that didn't need it and donated it to somebody who needed it. Yep. You know, I scurried off and buried it in a hole somewhere <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't feel like I needed it right Wait, now. You, but these you people... did what? <laughs> uh, where? <laughs> Whose name was... <laughs> it's called the savings account. <laughs> but these people, so you know, have such a generous yeah. heart that they're willing to give. And I actually found a video this morning yeah. about this guy that wrote a poem about the pandemic. And I felt like this was so cool because he wrote like a children's book, like he's telling a children's book for the future, for like what our kids will read to their children about what they experienced in the pandemic. And it's taking it in a whole yeah. new light. And I think we need to be looking at the world through those glasses. I think so often we walk around with our pandemic glasses on and we need <laughs> to take them it. off and put our faith glasses on yeah. and see things from a different perspective yep. and be making those memories for our kids. Okay, Nathan, you got it? I got, okay. Of course I this got is it. an edited version, but... Yeah, the whole thing is like four minutes, but yeah. this one is uh, shorter. It was a world of waste and wonder, of poverty and plenty back before we understood why hindsight's 2020. You see, the people came up with companies to trade across all lands, but they swelled and got much bigger than we ever could have planned. We'd always had our wants, but now it got so quick. You could have anything you dreamed of in a day and with a click. We noticed families had stopped talking. That's not to say they never spoke, but the meaning must have melted and the work-life balance broke. But then in 2020, a new virus came our way. The governments reacted and told us all to hide away while we all were hidden amidst the fear. And all the while, the people dusted off their instincts. They remembered how to smile. They started clapping to say thank you and calling up their mums. And while the car keys gathered dust, they would look forward to their runs. And so when we found the cure, and were allowed to go outside, we all preferred the world we found to the one we'd left behind. Old habits became extinct, and they made way for the new, and every simple act of kindness was now given its due. But why did it take a virus to bring the people back together? Well, sometimes you've got to get sick, my boy, before you start feeling better. Rebecca, are you crying? Okay, maybe. Oh my gosh. It's because of that baby's cute voice, right? That kid does have a really cute <laughs> voice. That child has a future in being a <laughs> child. Oh, a professional just, child. It was so well said. It was just really profound what he had said. Yeah, it was. That's it. Man, it's so glad to all be back together in the ah, same room. Dude, and good. this is the first time the three of us have recorded from Vent Lab Studios. Yeah, this is the first yeah. shock therapy. Mm -hmm. First uh, one. Is it? Yeah. First shock therapy in this. All three of us to in the yeah. studio. We've recorded off site. Yep. All right. Cool. Breaking history. Breaking it in. Boom. That's awesome. Well, Jay West. Welcome to the Vent Lab Studio. <laughs> <laughs> it's official. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to yeah. the Vent Lab episode 68, I think. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no clue. Regardless, Shock Therapy with John Wesley Crockett. Pastor John Wesley Crockett. He's the lead pastor of Lansing First Southern Baptist. If you're in the area, you should go whenever they uh, open, open their doors. Back up they, again. Uh, yeah. yeah. Check us out online. Even check us out online. Yeah, Facebook the and live YouTube. stream. Yeah. And I just want to say to all everyone just supporting and listening and being a part and asking questions and texting in. Love it. Thank you for your support in that way. And we are just so grateful to hear from you, your thoughts, feedback, 
and uh, constructive buildup. So there you go. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I concur. And for ooh, those ooh. of you who are wondering how you can text in, you can text into our fully, totally, 100% anonymous text line, unless you give us your name, in yeah. which case it's not anonymous, but we won't say your name over, over <laughs> the air anyway. 816-787-1511 is the Vent Lab Studio number. Text it and uh, ask a question for next month whenever yep. we are back here doing the exact same thing, Whoop. answering different questions. It's Shock Therapy Live on the Vent Lab. It's good to be back, guys. Appreciate Man, it. Is. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Nathan. And I'm Rebecca. We out. Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.